life just like you guys. And so we believe God took on human form, which is amazing. And then he makes a statement that says, hey, you want to know why I came as a human? I came to give them life and life to the full. So we said last week, if we are going to live the best life possible, we can't confuse that with the American dream or just this, this idea in our mind that we've grown up with culture saying, if you have this and this and this, you're going to be happy. It's beyond that. Those things aren't necessarily bad, but that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about something way different. In, in the middle of all that, he's saying you can have. And I kind of use an illustration that I go to, I've gone to other countries that are really poor, and they have nothing. And as a teenager, I remember going into a house that, that had dirt floor. One, it was one room. That was it. The whole house was one room. And, and going in and seeing how they lived, no, no bathroom, no running water. And, and they fed us chicken, which, as you know, for them was really expensive. And they had nothing, and they were so happy. And here I was, a rich American kid in, in their standard, you know, and, and going down there, and, and I have running water. I have a toilet in my house, and I have a bed I can sleep on, all these things. And they were happier than I was. And I was thinking, this is kind of weird. Why are they happier than I am? I thought if I had all these things, I'd be happy. And so that was kind of last week's idea was we can't, we can't miss this. And we talked about sight. And, and Jesus, he, he got on, especially the religious leaders, he says, you guys are missing it. You're, 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 you're focusing on the wrong thing. We told a story about an elephant. If you didn't hear the story, that is not in the Bible. So if <laughs> I listened to the message last week, and I went from Jesus telling a blind man into the story of this blind, blind guy is touching this elephant. And when I, and I read, read, listened to it, I was like, that just sounded like I went from the blind man into Jesus telling the story about this elephant. So Jesus didn't tell that story. That's just a story I heard. So let me clarify there. That's not in the Bible. You won't find it. Some of you guys are like, this is cool. Talk about elephants. Well, it does, but not in that context. And we talked about how we can be like blind people sometimes trying to figure out what an elephant is by just touching one part of it. So I'm not going to go too long into that. Go get the message. Go listen to it. Catch up. Essentially, we said if, if we are going to have the best life possible, we have to see the way God sees. And he wants us to see something sometimes different than the culture wants us to see. He wants us to see something different even than sometimes the religious people. You know, if you grew up in church, you're in as much a danger as the person that doesn't know anything about God. Because you can get this, this focus on, on something that you think is, is, is what God has for you, and you totally miss it. That's what religious people did in his day. So we said if we're going to have the best life possible, we have to begin to see the way Jesus wants us to see. That's the starting place. So I saw something in the corner that would tackle me. Um, just making sure. So um, we have to see like he sees. And, and we said we're going to – somebody comes and asks Jesus um, – what, what, to explain that. He says, they come, the, the religious people say, all right, well then tell us, what is, if you're the given life and what's the most important thing? So we're going to talk about this. But before we do, I have to tell you about a problem I have. All right? I have this problem that I'm trying to overcome. And sometimes I'm really good and then sometimes it's just really bad. Um, my wife will tell me something and I'll hear it and then I'll walk away and then I'll come back and I didn't really hear it. Like she'll say, can you go get me something in the living room? And I'll go to the living room and I'm like, what was I supposed to get in here? And I was like, there's a coffee pot, coffee maybe? And I go back and she's like, oh, you weren't even listening. I was listening. I just didn't really didn't make the connection. So I don't know if it's selective hearing, if, if it's being distracted. There's all these different things it could be. But sometimes I have this problem that I just, I, I kind of miss out what she's saying because of my own choice, I guess, many times. So last week we talked about seeing. This week we're going to talk about hearing. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to overcome this, you know, and I think I do pretty good. Uh, this is my wife, Sincerity, and yeah, give her a hand. We, we are expecting our uh, fourth child just in the next few weeks. So if I'm not here on a Sunday, we had the baby, all right? So you know. We, we have a continuous plate. We had the baby. We had the baby. So 
Hey, I work just as hard, just so you know. I'm, I'm committed. I'm fully in, all in. <laughs> so we, we're excited about this. But when, when it comes to hearing, um, it's, about, it's about relationship. And when I don't correctly hear my, when I don't hear my wife correctly, I'm sending a message to her saying, I don't, I don't think what you're saying is important. Right? Would you agree with me? Because that's how she feels. I come back and without the things she wanted, like, where's the paper? I'm like, what paper? I asked you for paper. No, you asked for coffee. No, I asked for paper. She's thinking, you're not listening to me, which means you don't really care about what I have to say, right? And so um, when it comes to hearing, it's all about relationship. When it comes to seeing, that's about, you know, perspective and what we see. But hearing is about relationship. When she talks, if I want a good relationship, healthy relationship, I need to listen and I need to hear, right? Are you with me? And so as I was thinking through this story, we're going to hear what Jesus has to say in a second. But I want you to identify with this. I have this problem in life. Um, I can guarantee I have this problem with God many times. So uh, I know as humans, we are all similar in many ways that you might even have this problem where God might be trying to speak to you, but you're so distracted or you're so preoccupied or sometimes we're just rude and we ignore what he's trying to tell us and we don't pay attention. Some of us maybe don't even hear. And we're going to begin to talk about what does it mean to hear. And so... Um, I'm, I love my wife. She's awesome. She does so much at the Grove that you guys probably don't understand. Maybe some of you didn't even know we were married. So that's my wife, if you're wondering. And uh, we have another little girl coming, so we're, we're so uh, excited for that. Um, but it's about relationship, and we're going to be talking about this. So uh, a religious teacher, we'll go to this in, um, in Mark. It says, uh, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Okay, Mark 12, 28, if you're, if you're looking. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. So this is not just like some man. This, is, this would be like a lawyer of his day, somebody who studied the scriptures. They know what the scriptures say. They come to Jesus, um, and they say, all right, knowing, knowing that Jesus, he's been giving good answers, he says, of all the commandments, which is the most important? So we talked about how Jesus was not a Western. He was not an American, all right? That's the part of seeing correctly. We can't put Jesus as an American and think that he's talking the way we talk, and when he says things, it's, it's through our filter, Okay. So Jesus, when they ask him, he's, he's a Jewish rabbi who, when they say that they came and asked him the commandments, um, the first five books of the Bible is called the Torah, and they would memorize these. So the religious leader that came and talked to him, he most likely had them all memorized, okay, because he was teaching these. They didn't have, you know, physical scriptures. They just had it by memory. And so they would teach these to, the, to, the, um, to their students. And so Jesus was born into a culture a very religious culture um, where God was chose those people to represent him, uh, the, the, the Israel nation, the, Israel, the nation of Israel to represent him. And so when this guy comes and asks him, um, he says, what's most important? So all these commandments that God gave us, all these things, you know, do this, don't do this, do this, do this. 613 commandments, they broke it down. He said, what's the most important? So give us this, your sum of the law. What's important here? All right? Which is really important for us to know because if, if, we, if God, Jesus really is God's son, and you ask God, what is the most important thing? I think we should all pay attention, right? Because he's about to tell us what's the most important thing. So he goes on to say, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one of the Lord alone. The Lord alone is God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandments greater than these. So, Jesus says, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. For us as Americans, we don't understand what that means. But every listener who was, who was Hebrew would have known exactly what he was saying. 
So this prayer is called the Shema. You know, many of you have maybe heard the Lord's Prayer, Our Father in Heaven, Hallowed Be Your Name. Okay? So for Christians, God, Jesus gave us this prayer called the Lord's Prayer. Well, for, the, for Jewish people, the Shema, which means to hear or to listen, is the prayer that Jesus quotes. Okay? So he starts quoting this prayer. He says, um, if you want to go back to that slide for me, that'd be great. So they can kind of follow with me. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So that's the starting of this prayer called the Shema. So when he says this, every person that was listening would have probably even begun to pray with him. Hear, O Israel, Lord God, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart. And then Jesus adds something, which we'll pick up next week. Robert's going to be sharing on loving your neighbor. We're going to, we're going to add on how Jesus added on this part. But, but his first one is to, he's saying, all right, I'm going to start with the Shema, which is hear, O Israel. And then he goes into the, into the rest of it saying, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your strength. So that's the first and most important commandment. See, for a Jewish person, the Shema, the Shema was said at least two times a day. Within the prayer itself, it says, I will meditate upon these things. I will, I will have these, these, these commands will be on my lips when I lie down or when I rise up. So they say, all right, I guess God is asking us when we, when we get up in the morning to pray it before we go to bed, pray it. And then if they were going to ever petition God, they would pray this prayer. So Jesus' culture, okay, the Jews, they would have this prayer prayed every single day multiple times, at least twice, but most likely more times. So this is a very religious ritual that they practiced and did. This prayer was ongoing all the time, the Shema. So when he's referring to this, everybody's saying, wow, so he's saying this is the most important thing, to love God and love your neighbor. And they're, they're associating it with the whole prayer, and he's saying, all right, this is important, but I'm trying to help you guys understand here. So he's trying to help them to begin to see that God has something. But it starts off like this, here, listen, hear, O Israel. I guess today if we would say it, it would be saying, hear, O world, hear, O Santa Fe. Hero, whatever your family is. Hero, Eric. What it's saying is, listen up. This is important. See, when my wife talks to me and I miss what she says, our relationship, I'm saying it's not that important. I'm really not. I don't mean that. It's just I'm distracted or whatever. But hearing is all about relationship. When you listen to somebody and you hear somebody, it's about relationship. And so God is saying there's two parts. These two things are so important. In fact, he goes on to say, all of the commandments, the 613, they fall in line with these two. See, so there were so many commandments given. Moses broke it down to 10, and then Jesus broke it down to two. And then we'll see later, Paul even breaks it down to one. So he's trying to simplify it for us, all right? Because 613 is really complicated. And then if that's not complicated enough, they add all these other laws on top of them to make sure you don't break these laws. And it was so overwhelming that nobody could fulfill the laws. And this is one of the reasons Jesus came into the picture, so I'm going to fulfill and help you see what the point of this was in the first place. So maybe you've come today and you really don't, maybe you don't really know what this is all about, right? So this is a Christian church. What does that mean? Well, see, being a Christian just means we're trying to follow Christ's example and Christ's way. I personally, as a pastor, I believe his way is the absolute best way you could possibly live this life. And he's trying to tell us how to do it. And if we can begin to understand what he's saying and, and, and really get it, and not just like, all right, I heard that, and go away and forget, but hear it and say, what do I do with this now? Then we have this ongoing relationship. And what's great is, is the creator of the universe is inviting you and myself into relationship with him. It's kind of like he's saying, I have an inside scoop to this world and how things work. If you'll listen, I will help you. And he invites us to do this. And with the, with the Jewish people, that was his intent also. He wanted to lead them. And to help them find life and purpose and success. 
but they kind of got distracted like last week, and they begin to hug one part of the elephant and say, wow, life is all about a tree. It's just solid. And God is saying, no, no, that's an elephant. It's not just a tree. It's an elephant. And he's trying to give them better perspective because they're missing it. Well, today we're talking about hearing. God wants us to hear. So um, let, me, let me illustrate it. Brian, where's Brian at? Brian, Barry, you here? Somewhere? Come here, Brian. Hop on the drums for me, please. And just give me a, a sick beat, all right? The sickest beat you have, all right? So when it comes to hearing God, it's kind of like God is he's up to something. He's trying to help us to experience something and discover something. It's our job to tune in and listen. Yeah, just start playing, man. All right? All right. Give me some keys, DJ. All right. As soon as you start playing, kind of like God said in the beginning, God created the earth. Just go for it, man. I'll try to talk louder than you. He said, let there be light. And there was light. It's kind of like God started this, this cool song going, right? The story starts going on. And he invites us to play with him. And sometimes, like me, not listening, I'm like, no, I got a better song. Wait, wait, wait for it, wait for it. Oh, yeah, my song's pretty good, right? But I'm not playing when he's playing, so it doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's kind of broken and kind of scary. Sometimes it's kind of fun. I'm a musician, so I'm having a hard time trying not to play his beat. But And then we get a song, somebody starts singing, you know, and they're just doing their own thing. Like, what, what's that? Like, kind of like, what kind of beat is that there? Yeah, like, so we get some opera going. And life can become really um, dissonance is the, is the word, where there's all these different things going on competing, and it becomes very uh, chaotic and crazy. Thanks, man. Let's get quiet. I, I think you can get this. Now, yeah, good job, Ryan. Appreciate our musicians. If I got the musicians up here to start playing with him, they could make a pretty cool song. And it would sound good, and we could enjoy it. Um, but if I could get on the keyboard and just start playing that, you guys would leave after a while. You'd be like, yeah, I'm out of here. That just doesn't sound good. Dissidents. It's what they use in horror movies. You know, it starts building. It's kind of creating this un, uneasy feeling of, hey, this is not right. Something's going to happen. In life, there's always these competing voices that are going to be, say, in the media, culture, our upbringing, my own voice of saying I'm the most important in the world. And these voices are competing, competing, all the while God has something going on where he's saying, hey, if you would just listen, I have something for you. And if you join in, then I'll, I'll help you. And see, I, it's kind of like um, the drums are kind of like the foundation, and they start going, they kind of get some structure for the rest of us to kind of join in. And the bass comes in kind of playing something similar. And then you add these layers, right? So you have all these different layers. You're building something. And the more um, in tune you are and the more in sync and, and, and the more um, that you're working together, you create something that's really beautiful. So God has this foundation that he's trying to lay for our lives. And he's saying this is the most important thing. Start with a relationship with God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. 
Another week, we'll get into this a lot. You can go into that teaching for a long time and the different components he's asking us to love him with. But essentially, it's everything, our entire being, our intellect, our passion, and our prayers, the deepest parts of us. He's saying, man, would you join me in the song? Would you join me in, in this journey of walking somewhere? And he's trying to lay this foundation. And when we listen to him, he says, all right, this next part, why don't you play this next part with me? And we start playing it. He says, all right, let's, let's go to the next level. Let's play this part. And if we join God in this journey, we begin to make something really beautiful to our lives. You, you probably have encountered people like this. You just, there's something different about them. They're like, what is going on here? I think they've tapped into this. They're following, they're following God's plan. And every time they build something, it's kind of like, wow, they're, they're moving somewhere. There's more happening. And then you know the times where you're off and life's kind of crumbling and it's kind of falling. You're thinking, well, what is going on here? And, we, and, and he wants us to build upon every idea, every kind of lesson and teaching. He wants us to keep learning more so we can become better husbands, wives, sons, daughters, employees, employers. Because all these different components of life are important. And he wants us to succeed in all of this. But he's inviting us to hear. So we have to make sure we see correctly. But we also make sure that we're hearing and listening to what he's saying. Because there's going to be other voices. In fact, Jesus says, you know, right before he says, I've come to give you the best life possible, he says we have an enemy, okay, who's here to steal, kill, and destroy. The original terrorist, the enemy, Satan. He said that he's the father of lies, and he's always speaking lies. He's not ever telling the truth. So he's always giving us voices, too, like, hey, no, no, you should, you should really do that. That's going to be good for you. Man, just whatever feels good, do it. And, and there's these voices that are competing, and, and God is saying, would you listen? Listen. And it starts with us saying, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust your foundation. Let's go to the next scripture. If you go to the next one for me, it is in James. This is uh, Jesus' brother. Some people think this is one of the most um, um, powerful reasons that we can believe Jesus really was the son of God because his brother James believed he was, not at first, but after he began to experience this, he began to say, man, this is, this really is the son of God. And so he says this in James 1, um, 20, huh, so there, 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Don't just listen, do. So he said there's this aspect and component of making sure we hear what God is saying, but then we have to follow through with it. Next week, we're really going to hit that hard. Anyone who listens to the word but does, not do what it, but, but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Or it's like somebody whose wife says, would you give me some paper in the other room? He goes into the room and forgets what he's looking for and comes back and says, you wanted coffee, right? He says, no, no, you missed it. You're not doing what I asked you to do. That's, that's what he's saying here. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Did you get that? If you want to be blessed in what you do, you have to continue in it. You look into and you hear and you, you experience what God has, and then you begin to live it out. Don't forget what you heard. Do something with it. Then they will be blessed in what they do. It has to be hearing with action following right behind. See, many of you have been coming for the last seven weeks. Thank you so much. Consistency is going to help you to be able to grow. You know, we have comfortable chairs. Our service is only a little over an hour. It's not super long. We give a little bit of, you know, to, to kind of challenge you each week with something to help you. Well, if you come and enjoy it and walk away and don't do anything with it, you're not going to benefit all that much. And in fact, if you don't do something with it in the first 24 hours, 
you're like 80% less likely to do anything with it ever. If you don't do anything with it within the first three days, you'll never use what you learned. This is not just church. This could be at school. This is good for your students. If you, if you don't teach somebody else what you've learned in a book, if you don't help somebody understand what you just learned, you're going to lose what you learned if you don't do something with it. See, God doesn't want us just to learn all these things and know things. He wants us to become better people by doing these things. So we have to hear with action falling right, right behind. See, Jesus, his first um, sermon that he, that he uh, gives, teaches to people was called the Sermon on the Mount. And it's these few chapters in Matthew and some other, other, other uh, the writers, the disciples wrote, uh, the Gospels. He goes to this first teaching. And in it, he keeps saying this statement. You've heard it said this, but I'm telling you, it's this. For example, he says, all right, you've heard it said don't kill. You know, this is don't, don't murder. That's not good. But I say, he takes it even a step further, says don't even think, you know, bad thoughts about somebody. Don't even think about hurting somebody. He's saying, let's get to the intent of things, not just action, but the intent. What is the heart behind this? Because our intent and our thoughts is what's going to eventually start those actions. So he's saying, you have to start even there. So he keeps saying, you've heard it said, but I'm telling you, it's really there's more to it. He's trying to help the religious people hear and know, all right, you guys are, you've heard what God is speaking and what he's spoken through the prophets, but you're, you're missing what he's really doing. In fact, he tells them at one point, your hearts are so far from me. You're missing it. He called them blind people. They were spiritual blind. They had spiritual blindness, he said. Well, it's possible to have spiritual deafness just as much. Or selective hearing. I think that's part of my problem, right, that we're trying to work through. To be fully present. Man, we're so busy, we're distracted. Part of my problem. I'm so into what I'm doing, somebody asked me to do something. If I'm not really engaged and fully present, I miss on what was asked. So in, in the parable, he, he, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, this is what he says. He gives all these teachings about this new way to look at life. It's awesome. You know, the Beatitudes kind of talks about seeing life differently, saying, all right, all right, you, you think you, if you, you're, you're rich, you know, that's what it's all about. No, it's really about being poor. And he, he expounds on that, what it means to be poor in spirit. And he goes through all these different teachings that's helping us have a, a new perspective. Not an American perspective, a Western perspective, but a, a God perspective. He's helping us to see. And then he's trying to help us to hear. And this is what he says towards the end of this, this sermon. In Matthew um, 7, next one for me, starting in verse 24. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Let's just sit, sit right there for a second. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house upon a rock. So God lays this foundation. We can, the music would be the drums, right? He's saying, join me in this. In construction, it would be the foundation, the concrete. He's saying, I'm, I'm laying this foundation. This is what life is all about. If you will follow my ways, you're going to be able to build something beautiful. You're going to be able to make a beautiful song with your life. You're going to be able to create some massive skyscraper with your life. There, there's, um, when I do premarital counseling, there's a book we do by a pastor in, in Amarillo named Jimmy Evans. And he has this quote. He says, um, the sound of marriages crashing all around us, talking about divorce, he says, does not mean that marriage doesn't work. It just means they were built on the wrong foundation. I love that quote. One of my favorite quotes. The sound of crashing 
lives all around us doesn't mean that life doesn't work. doesn't mean that marriages don't work, but it means that we've built them on the wrong foundation. And Jesus comes in and says, all right, so I'm coming down here. I created you to live a certain way. I want you to have the best life possible. To do this, you have to be start with the foundation, and that is God. So hear what I'm saying. He said, what he's saying? Hear what I'm saying. Put God first. In fact, he even says, if you, put, if you seek the kingdom of God first, everything else will take care of itself. Just seek, seek, seek the kingdom. Put him first. See, the, the Shema, when they would pray this, they would use words like this. It's a declaration of the kingdom of God or the lordship in our lives. So when they wake up in the morning, they would say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. I didn't show the picture of a girl, huh? No, I didn't show it. You want to show the picture real fast? So there's this, this when, they, when they pray this prayer, it's pretty cool. There's a couple different you know, traditions, but one of them is they, they hold up their right pinky. And this is Aaliyah. She just turned three yesterday, um, which is so cute. And when, when they would pray this prayer, they would lift up their right pinky, and they would say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And they would go into the whole prayer. And the reason they hold their pinky is because in, within that passage, it talks about how God rescued them from slavery, from the Egyptians. And it says that by, by his mighty right hand, he rescued them. And they said, well, our God is so powerful. If it was his hand, it must have just been his pinky. Like, he must have just, like, went like that, and we were free because he's that powerful. So that, it's this cool little tradition. So when they're praying this prayer, the language they use with it is they, they declare the kingship of heaven or God in their lives. So they wake up in the morning and they say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your. And then they would, they would keep continuing on other parts. Jesus adds, and love your neighbor as yourself. When they would pray this, they're essentially declaring in the morning, God, you're God, and I want to follow you. And at night, they're saying, God, you're God, and if I missed it, man, help me to get it right tomorrow. And in the middle of the day, when they would pray this prayer, they'd be saying, All right, you're God, and I'm not. Help me to build my life on your foundation. So when he's saying, Hero Israel, the Lord is our God, they understood, oh, he's quoting the Shema, which is saying the kingship of God, the kingdom of heaven is really important. The kingdom of heaven is really important. See, in, in America, we don't have kings and queens, so that's kind of hard for us to understand. But essentially, we would be declaring God as king of the universe, as king over our life, as our boss, as our leader. He's saying, all right, so you're getting this part. You're, you're declaring it, but are you really living it? And he's saying, here. Don't just, don't just hear with your ears, but hear with your heart. Let it go to your mind, and then let it go to your feet and begin to act it out and go to your hands and go to your mouth. He's saying, hear, O Israel. But not just the way you typically hear, just, all right, that was great. I got something. Now let's go move to the next thing. No, no. Sit there. And Jesus says, if you hear my teachings and do something with it, you're like a wise person who builds his life upon a solid foundation, upon a rock. We believe Jesus is the rock. We build our life upon his teaching, upon his way. And then we have something beautiful. And he goes on to say this. See, when the wise person builds on a rock, when the rains come down and the streams rise, and if the wind blows and, and it beat against the house, yet yeah, it will not fall because it, its foundation is on the rock. That's the next one. Yeah, there you go. See, even though the storms come, and they will come, they always come. And the storms aren't always bad because some, sometimes the very storms that we avoid and don't want to come in our lives are going to help us become better people. And it's not that God is not God because he allows storms in our lives. It's that God is still God in the middle of the storm. We can learn through it to become stronger people. 
We talked about this in starting over. Some of the people that do the greatest things have some of the, man, the, the most horrible stories of the past that they've, they've lived through. And they learn not to be stuck in the past, but to let that develop them into something more. So even though the storms come, because their foundation is on a rock, if you're married, if you build your marriage upon the rock, upon the way Jesus wants you to, when the storms come and debt sneaks in and jobs get lost and we're diagnosed with things, the house won't fall if it's built on the rock. But he says, but everyone who hears these words of mine, this is the not why the foolish person, does not put him into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. So if we have one life to live and God has invited us to live the best life possible, he says, there's a couple options here. You could build on a solid foundation that'll hold skyscrapers or you can just go find an easy spot in dirt and put your house there. A wise person says, man, if I'm going to live the best life possible, I need to build my life upon a solid foundation. A foundation has been proven over and over and over. See, these, are, these words are 2,000 years ago, and they still apply to us today. We, you'd be surprised if you read some of, the, some of the, the different writers that wrote 2,000 years ago. You'd think, like, man, this is so, um, such great application for us today, here and now. And we would think that it would, it, they would have wrote this for us today. But for years, this has been proven over and over. I think one of the reasons Christianity stayed so strong is because people believe in it so much that no matter what comes at them, they can say, I mean, I believe God's way is the best way, and it proves itself over and over and over and over. And he invites us to do that. One of the things I love about Jesus is, you know, he's saying, I, I want to give you the best life possible. Well, the guy that can tell you he's going to die, they're going to kill him, he's going to tell you how he's going to die, and then come back to life, and then he's going to tell you things about the future that are going to play out, Man, I think we should follow that guy, right? Not the guy that's saying, I think one day these things are going to change and that's going to happen. That's not proven. Don't follow something that's unproven, but begin to find what is proven. Now, I know a lot of people think, well, there's all these different teachings out there. If you dig deep enough, you're either going to find solid rock, concrete, which is foundation, that's God, or you're going to keep getting sand. And eventually you'll, you'll get tired of just getting sand and saying, man, this is not even worth living, chasing after. So if you are searching in other places that aren't Jesus, don't stop digging because you'll find truth eventually. The problem is when people look in other places and they just, you know, one time like, eh, I believe it, I'm going to trust it. And they stop digging and looking. They get stuck in lifestyles that are not healthy and into even, even teachings that, that will keep you in more bondage where God is saying, I want you to be free. I want you to live. So everyone who hears, if you don't put these words into practice, you're like a foolish man who built his house on sand the rains came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You can live the best life possible if you'll build it on a solid foundation. I think Jesus is amazing. He's the, one, he's the greatest teacher in history. Things are said about and built around even his life that points to saying that something really important happened here. Pay attention. And he's saying, if you build your life on something solid, next year you're going to look back and realize, wow, my life is pretty good. No, I don't have all my retirement you know, in the bank. I don't have whatever. But those things, they're important, but they're not the most important thing. And you'll begin to realize that. Um, my, my daughter, Sayla, will turn um, six this coming uh, 
the 21st. And um, the, the year that we found out she was conceived, I fell off a two-story house doing construction. Um, I, I, I only broke my, I say only, you know, but that's actually true. I, I cracked my pelvic in a couple places and sprained my ankles and wrists, and that was it. Um, they thought, like, I should be paralyzed and all this other stuff. But it was, it was just two-story roof, you know, coming down onto concrete. And um, we found out a few weeks later that my wife was, was pregnant. Um, and in the middle of that, we begin to say, uh, what is really important? Now, we, we just bought a house a few years before. We bought a car. We were chasing the American dream. And in the middle of evaluating life when I was laying in bed for weeks because I couldn't walk, we began to ask questions like, so what would happen if I would have died? I canceled my life insurance the week before I fell off the roof. I was like, why did I cancel my life insurance? <laughs> like, I could have died. In the middle of that, I think even God would say, no, pay attention. Hey, here, Eric, listen, I want to teach you something. In the middle of that year, we begin to evaluate and says, you know what? So what if we can't pay the bills and we lose our house? We don't want that, but even if it happened, we talked it. We said, what would happen? Like, what's the worst that would happen? You know, I'd be hurt, like my pride would be hurt because I lost my house. But we'd just have each other. We could go live with a family member, make it, make things work, you know, get back on our feet, build our credit up again. And we begin to talk these things and say, you know what, really, what's important is not the things that we always think every day that we're stuck and occupied with. It's not about making more money. It's not about being popular. And we begin to evaluate. In fact, we named our daughter Sela, which means pause and reflect. It's a musical term. Think about what just happened. And so every time we, we call Sela Mia, she's our pause and reflect girl, we're saying, hey, stop and listen and reflect and think about what just took place because if you don't, you can get stuck in the same mindset that you were of thinking we have to chase all these things. Now, do all my family have good things? Yes. But if we don't have good things, does that mean life is done? No. It means we find joy in what we do have. And we enjoy each other and we enjoy, we enjoy life together. We make things work. That's a solid foundation. See, the foundation I was building on before was kind of like, no, we have to have these things. And that's a shaky foundation because as soon as I'm out of the picture... They lose the house anyways, and they lose the car, and they lose all these other things because I'm no longer there to provide. And that began to make us think, how can we possibly live the best life possible? So today my challenge is this. Would you, would you pray a prayer of commitment every day this week, starting today? Maybe this is new for you, and you're saying, I don't really know what this is. It would just be simple like saying, God, um, I believe that you have a better way for me. Would you help me? And you invite God to lead. See, the prayer that Jesus quoted was a prayer of lordship, of saying, God, you're God, and I'm not. I need help. God, you're God, and your way, I believe, is better, so help me follow that. So every day, pray a prayer of commitment, and then pause and listen and reflect and think, what is going on? Like, what, what do you want me to do? And then ask God to help, help us do something about the things we hear. So this week, there's some things you heard that now you need to put into practice. What was said that you need to evaluate? Maybe your, your, your worldview, like last week, the things that we're, we're, we're stuck on and focused on. Maybe it's the, the voices we're listening to. You've got to say, no, no, listen. Just pause enough to listen. Next week, we're going to talk about the next component. He says, all right, put God first. That's lordship. So maybe some of you here today, next week we'll talk about the second component of loving and action, loving others. Maybe you're here today, and you're saying, you know what, I'm not a Christian. I just kind of come in and somebody invited me. 
So what it means to be a Christian is somebody who's submitting to God's rule and reign in your life. It's somebody saying, I want you to lead me. That's what it means to be a Christian. We're following Jesus' ways. We're saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. Some of you, maybe today, you need to say, man, I'll do that. I will, I will surrender. I will commit my life to follow his ways. At the end of every service, we give opportunity to pray a prayer. That's essentially what we're doing. We're saying, today, would you just surrender and commit your life to follow Christ? Now, if you're not ready to do that, don't do it. Wait until you're saying, man, I'm committed to this. I want to do it. But in the middle of what you're facing, God is saying, I have better plans than you ever dreamed of in your life. Would you follow me? And then every week when you learn something, do something with it. Begin to practice it and live it out. So today we're going to give an opportunity to pray. Would you, would you do me a favor and close your eyes and we're going to wrap up service and give, give a, we just, we do, we close our eyes so we let people that are in the audience maybe feel a little more safe of saying, you know what, I, I do need help and I'm going to raise my hand and I'm going to, I'm going to pray this prayer today. We just give an opportunity for people to do that. So if you're here today and as I spoke about this, maybe your life is built on sand and a shaky foundation and you've been living according to what you thought culture told you to. And today you've heard something that's different that says, Jesus says, build your life upon the rock, who's Christ. Maybe you're here today, and you would say, I want to build my life on a rock. I need help. The first step is to, to say, God, you, you are God, and I'm not. It's to invite that relationship of saying, God, I'm listening. I'm hearing what you're saying. Now I want to respond. So if you're here and you want to pray this with me, would you lift your hand? Awesome. Anybody else? Very cool. Once you lift it, you can put it down. I'm not going to make you come up front. I'm not going to embarrass you. We just want to give an opportunity for, for action to follow with what we said. God, I want to commit my life today to you. See, God took care of all the issues and problems that we face on that cross. The biggest one called sin that separates us from God. And when we declare that God's reign and relationship in our life, we begin to invite him to say, lead us. And it's a simple praying of saying, God, I've messed up. I've been building my life on the wrong things. Today I want to build it on the right things. So if you raise your hand, just would you say this prayer with me? Say, Father, forgive me for building my life upon sand. Help me from this day forward to build my life upon a rock, upon you. I want to follow you. I want to trust you. Forgive me. Help me. I believe you died on that cross for me. And I believe you're alive today. I want to live the best life possible. Help me today and this week to put action behind this prayer. As I pray every day this week, help me to be sincere and honest. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praying that prayer in my life was one of the best things that I've done over and over and over, saying, God, I've missed it. I've messed up. Help me. When we find that our life has gotten away from the rock, he invites us to come back to him. If you pray that prayer today in your service guide, there's a, a paper that's called the connection card. I would love to know that you prayed that. We can follow up to kind of give you some more tools and, and ways to help you kind of continue this relationship. 
It's, it's a journey. It's a relationship that he invites us into. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a, it's a lifelong process of saying, I want to become more and more like Jesus. So if, if you take some time, maybe you're a first-time guest, let us know you're with us by filling out that card, letting us know. If you have prayer requests, it's a great place to put prayer needs. We pray for you every week. You put those in there. Take some time to fill that out. Tonight, if, you, if you're new to the church and you want to learn more about it, we have a class that's called Church 101 at the Hyatt Place at 5 o'clock. It's kind of just talk about why we do church the way we do. It's a very short service, okay? We don't, don't do a lot of music. We don't do a very long message. We try to keep it really condensed. Well, there's a reason behind that. We talk about that tonight at 101. It's kind of a way just to kind of say, well, what's this about? It's called church membership. We're not asking people, you don't have to sign up then. It's just to kind of learn about what our church is. And then next week we have 201 which helps you learn some of these things we talked about, prayer and Bible reading. We'd encourage you to go through these. It's just We ask you just to go through it one time, four weeks. Um, you can jump in at any point. And that's happening tonight at 101 at 5 o'clock at the Hyatt. We've had a really good response and turnout. So join us if you want to learn more. It's a good way for us to connect and talk more about uh, just these things if you have questions. Um, and I always make myself available. If you are uh, wondering about some of these teachings and you have questions or concerns, man, stop and talk to me. Uh, you can find me on social media. You can On our website, there's an email address. There's a phone number in your, your, in your bulletin. Call. Uh, get, a, get a hold of me. We can get coffee. We can go talk, whatever. I want to help you be able to build your life, every component upon each other, so that you, you have this strong, solid foundation that you look back and say, man, look what God is doing. This is cool. And the song that you're singing is going to be beautiful. And we want to help with that. So if we can help, we want to be a part of that. Um, but it starts with that foundation. Um, so thank you guys for coming. At the end of service, we always give an opportunity to give in the offering. If you're a guest, we don't expect you to give. Don't feel obligated to give. Just enjoy service. We're glad you're here. Hope you enjoy the comfortable seats. But for those that are saying, hey, we're, we're on mission with this church. We want to see people come to know more uh, teachings of Jesus and his ways. This is the time for us to give. You can give online. Or you can give in your envelope or in the, in the, in the bucket today. And we just want to say thank you for giving. Um, we are looking forward to... A, a, few, a great future of the grow, reaching people in Santa Fe because of generosity and people saying we want to be a part of what God is doing. So I'm going to pray. Um, we're going to pass the buckets and the team is going to close in one last song and um, we'll be dismissed. So thank you guys for coming. If you need prayer, stay back. I'd love to pray with you and talk with you more. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are faithful and that you are kind and that you're good. And we thank you that each person that's here today that they would be challenged, Lord, to begin to make changes in their life that would be help, healthy and helpful for them to build their life upon something solid like you and your teachings. Uh, we believe that your way is the best. Help us never to miss what you're trying to say to us every day. Uh, we, we think you're brilliant and you have all the, all the future planned out and you, have think, you know what's coming. Help us to hear what you're saying so we can follow you. Thank you for each person that's here. Let them have a great week. And as we live out this best life possible, let us be contagious like that lady in the beginning that laughed on that roller coaster ride. Just enjoy the ride and we would enjoy what you're doing in our lives. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.